0: Hello, hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode 9 of the Raspi Messenger. And if this is your first time tuning in with me, then thank you, thank you, thank you also. Thank you all for letting me share with you, laugh with you, maybe even get upset with you, but it's family. And I'm thankful that you think that I'm family. So let's talk about. Marriage. I want to read something first before uh, we dive into this conversation. So I'm reading Hosea chapter 1, um, verse 2. When the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Goma. What strikes me is that God tells Hosea to marry a promiscuous woman, not a good woman, not a smart woman, not a driven woman, but a promiscuous woman, that's a say what moment, like what, did I hear you right, marry a a hope? can you imagine God telling you exactly who your potential mate really is? Like, without the smoking mirrors and the first date and them being on their best behavior, if God simply laid out exactly what your potential mate's struggle was, would you even marry them? We tend to think that marriage is about happiness and faithfulness, building together, matching outfits, children, and and forever companionship. And marriage certainly can encompass all of these things. And a lot of these things we should strive for. But why? Why is this the picture perfect scenario? Where did we get this from? It's definitely a not out of the Bible because you research all these different marriages. Did. The marriages are rough. They're full of some pain. They're full of some struggle. And there's also some good times too. But it definitely isn't picture perfect. Hosea, I'm sure, didn't have any of the things we just talked about on his list as he was assigned his wife, his forever, his selfie companion, but he obeyed and he entered into marriage. He was chosen for marriage. What if we have been viewing marriage with this uh, kaleidoscope lens that we see the light about marriage but we're also very distorted? about what it's about and, and how it's supposed to work, have we ever considered that marriage is ministry or a department for the kingdom of heaven? By me saying the word ministry, most people associate a ministry with the church or God, no God, no ministry. There are not many organizations that will call their departments a ministry unless it's associated with the church. So I love definitions. So I looked at the word ministry, and it said, "A person or thing through which something is accomplished, and/or the office and duties of a functioning minister." Well, according to the Lord, all Christians are called to accomplish something. We are people who are to accomplish something for the Lord. And First Peter says it. It says, "You are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation." God's special possession that you may declare praises of him called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. So have we considered that we're entering marriage, that we are entering the opportunity to accomplish something for God, not for ourselves. Marriage is God made, not man thought up, or even man made up. Marriage is one of the many things that is the first to be put into the world. After God makes the, the world himself, he then makes Adam. And then there is Adam and Eve. There is sanction of marriage. This dynamic between a man and a woman to accomplish something. Marriage is approved and it's created by God. And with God, there is always order indefinitely purpose. No God, no order, no purpose, no ministry. Yet our culture has no problem entering or considering marriage without the central focal point of God. We like to sometimes sprinkle a little of Jesus here, sprinkle a little of Jesus there. And sometimes there's this mirage of beliefs between a man and a woman. And sometimes the man and the woman don't even have a solo relationship with God before they're entering into marriage. My personal testimony is that I definitely was not, um, as the girl goes, out for the Lord. I knew the Lord, I knew who he was, I knew what I believed, but I didn't have this solo, strong, and powerful relationship with God, and neither did my husband before we entered into marriage. God can't be the center focal point if you both don't have that solo, strong relationship with God. But what for? What 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 is it that we're doing um, for the Lord when we're entering into marriage? So uh, I was looking at Second Corinthians six fourteen This says, "Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers." But this ministry have um, that that needs a common ground, and like we said, we just talked about the fact that the common ground needs to be God. It it has to be that God, and Jesus specifically, is your focal point. And and so, when we're talking about the what for God, what are we actually doing? Um, If you're familiar with ministry, or maybe if you're not, uh, ministry usually reaches someone. Um, It it reaches a certain type of people, or um, you're assigned to a certain type of, of, of work. So, so let's talk about marriage there. If you can't sing, no one pitch you for the choir. We fall into this American dream that everyone should be married. Because why? <laughs> no one ever said that marriage is a prerequisite of life. We just tend to think of it that way. And we tend to think that everyone should desire a forever mate. But like the Usher board, it's not for everyone. And I think 1 Corinthians 7:18 gives us, or 7, 8 actually gives us this, this glimpse into um, dispelling this American dream. It says, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do, which is Paul who's talking, but if they can't control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn in passion. To the married, I give the commandment." Not I, but the Lord, a wife must separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried, or else be reconciled to her husband, and a husband must not divorce his wife. So, right then, Paul dispels the thought that everyone needs to be married. Um, he's talking to the widows, who are now unmarried, um, because, you know, just the death of a the spouse. And then he's talking to people that haven't even married, that that it's okay if you don't marry. But then you need to be able to control yourself. So a part of marriage, or this wonderful perk towards marriage, is that um, you get the opportunity to quench this this sexual thirst. He who says it that if you can't control yourself, then you yes you need to get married. But everyone is not running around with this burning passion to do the wrong thing um, and to fornicate. So not everyone needs to be married. Paul wasn't chosen for marriage, Jesus wasn't chosen for marriage, and Hosea was. And it's like, well, how? How do you know you're the the one that that should be married? They had so low and deep relationships with God to know what God was calling them to do and what their task was says that Hosea um, heard the Lord speaking to him about the matter. Hosea was assigned his wife, which means Hosea didn't just go out and just pick who he wanted, or he didn't just say to himself that day, I think I want to be married. He allowed God to pick. Um, and so single folks, this is definitely a, um, a little tick for you. And for the married, whether, you know, for a fact that your mate was God assigned or God given, in a sense that maybe that person wasn't assigned to you, but it's someone who you wanted and God allowed it, you're chosen. You now have a duty. So, what's the duty? Marriage has purpose, just like everything else that God creates. And it's never our purpose, but always God's purpose. Um, there's someone in the Bible that says, do all things to the glory of the Lord. To God's glory, to, to lift God up, from God to be exalted. And so, First um, Corinthians 13, four and five, um, also gives us um, this wonderful little uh, glimpse into into duty, into to doing what it is that the that the Lord wants from us. It's not just about us. But it, it talks about love, you know the wonderful quote, though. Love is well, actually it's thirteen forty five. Um, and so Hosea it stands in the place of God. He is going to be the heart of God, the hands and feet of God to over And so you say, well, the hands and feet of God. Well, you know, what do they look like, or what does that have to do with marriage? Well. Like, Corinthians talks about love. So it comes from God. It comes from the heart of God. It comes from the hands of God. It's, it's love. So we know um, this, this uh, quote very, very well. Actually, it. it's 13.4. I, my brain, y'all, my brain. is somewhere else. Even on my paper. I, I don't know. But anyway, so we, we know the saying It goes, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so, Goma would have definitely been culture-wise uh, thrown away. And isolated from any type of good relationship because she's promiscuous, uh, and if we know about promiscuous women. Uh, they're a little bit more accepted in our day and time, but uh, people still kind of face um, to women who. Um, keep a lot of male company, uh, and in Gomer's day, it, it would have been worse. Our city is very uh, small compared to what it would have been for her. Um, but God's agenda is seen through Hosea. Um, He's, you know, there, with the duty to love the misfits and, and the messed ups and the the consistently backsliding and, and those with like flaws. Uh and he wants to be community with, with us. God wants to be you know always in the midst of us, even with our our messed upness and he, he chooses us even when we we don't really deserve him. And and Hosea stands in the is a representation of that begumpa. She doesn't deserve a holy husband, but that's what she gets, and that's who goes to find her. And, and so we're looking we're talking about the duty um, of, of marriage, but what's it all about? Um, it also comes with a few other things. It, it comes with the duty of of union and. and companionship, and and even the making of children. Uh, Gomer and Hosea, uh, the Lord tells us you're going to have children with this woman. You've got more than just one duty just to love a a misfit, but you're also going to have children. And even with Adam and Eve, uh, we see that the very first thing that God does for Adam, especially with marriage, is that he gives him a companion. And when you're a companion, you're someone who deeply cares for for the other person. And and uh, Adam and Eve also make children. That's where you get uh, Seth and, and Cain and Abel. And so these are, are going to be duties that are a part of, of marriage. They're not all encompassing that, you know, it's going to be all these things, but it's definitely those things that are the focal point of marriage. And so... Then we're going to thinking, well, who does marriage actually reach? You know, when we're talking about ministry, ministry always has someone it's trying to expose to God. Uh, children's ministry is for children to be exposed to God, and then... Um, you know, the men's ministry usually has men that they want exposed to God, and they're really in—what is it? Implanting God as a part of these people's daily lives, and so um, Hosea does the exact thing—he implants God into into Gomer's life, even when she's doing the crazy and she's everywhere. And you know she, she she has this struggle within herself. She's a promiscuous woman, and and ministry builds um this type of intimacy um with the group of people that that you're reaching with children is a very. Um, Close relationship because you want to be a part of their lives and you want to be a part of the things that, that they're thinking about. And in women's ministry, um, as you dive into the many different issues that women have, even as Christians, so when you're talking about marriage as a ministry, it, it's intimate. It's deep. It, it's sharing um, that your your problems with your mate. And, and being um, very involved with what's going on with them. You're taking responsibility for them and you're journeying with them through their struggle and in, in, in their um, push towards who got it. Just as regular church ministry does. And so you 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 also get an opportunity to reach the world in marriage because people are seeing you and they're they're seeing how you how you move with your mate, how you treat your mate even in, in their worst, uh, my personal testimony is that I haven't always done such a great job of um, showing God's character that in marriage. I haven't done a great job of showing God's heart um, because I was very oblivious. What marriage was supposed to be about. I didn't necessarily see all of these components that I was supposed to be reaching my mate or that I was supposed to have these duties that needed to be the focal point. I kind of had other things on my mind. Um, outside of just companionship and I hadn't thought about the fact that I was chosen from there or maybe I wasn't chosen you know, it wasn't a, a conversation or a thought and I, I wanted to, to bring that to, to the conversation because Hosea his wife leads him and, and God reconciles him to his wife at some point Hosea already knew that she was promiscuous, but at some point she just gave lose her husband too um, and that's in chapter 3. It says, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again. So I mean, she's gone. So she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. So they turn to other gods and love the sacred way they And so, Hosea oh, goes and he gets his wife. And um, he tells her, um, You're going to live with me. And we're going to do this right. You're not going to be able to you anymore. Um, and, and we're going to marry and, and we're going to marry again And we're going to Do this thing in the correct way You're going to change And I love that Because how many of us um, Move towards our potential mate Being assigned a potential mate And we think to ourselves You know What if they leave me? For our culture Divorce is an easier way to deal with the problems or an easier way to deal with people walking out but right here in the bible it's not that god hates divorce because there are um, places where he says you know divorce is an option but the fact that even with a pre with a with a cheater which for our society is like oh no that's my deal breaker you see the lord saying to his his son you know his chosen child i want you to to go get this one because you're gonna show who i am through how you deal with her i I love that and i think it's amazing and if we continue to have this conversation about marriage this is a short and 15 minute version of it but it's so deep and it does make me consider um ministry struggle and it's a uphill battle and they're tired and sometimes they're they even overworked and, and, and mistreated. Um, but they have this deal and this desire to to do for the Lord with whatever they're given. And I think if we took on that mindset as we think about the marriage that we would not only be more intentional when we're entering into it but we would also consider that maybe it's not for us and for those who are already married that we begin to dispel our deal breakers and get involved with God to see what he has to say about it so I leave you guys with the thought is marriage ministry and how well are we doing with the ministry? i